The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris. And Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Everyone. Hi, welcome. Hi, guys. Welcome to the 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 Rough House podcast. I was going to come up with a stupid name, but man, yeah. things are just stupid right now. <laughs> that, that is uh, that is an extraordinarily accurate way of, uh, of of describing the current state of professional wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm Marty, by the way. Yep, and I'm Kristoff, and uh, it's been a week, guys yeah. and gals. It's yeah been a fucking week and um man uh i i think it's probably best to preface things here and just say uh this is probably one of the angry episodes of the rough house not so much the <laughs> haha funny good times or oh. marty and chris scream into the abyss about things that they have no control over but are nevertheless very depressed by um yeah, pretty much I, I i think that's that's the direction we're going there are some silver linings ish which we'll get to probably towards the end but let's focus on really the big thing which was the week that was wwe and and we were vince mcmahon really. yeah yeah vince mcmahon wwe as a whole uh it, so right around when we were, were recording last week with justin uh by the way thank yes. you everybody for the kind words on last week's episode we had a good time glad to hear you had a good time as well um when we were recording, uh, news was breaking, getting clarified that WWE was going to return full time to live programming every right. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for Raw, NXT, and SmackDown, respectively. Um, all coming from the Performance Center, all involving uh, a roster of talent. A well, lot no, of NXT was full sale, though. Weren't they still doing full sale? Uh, I, I thought it was still going to be Performance Center because okay. uh, I think Full Sale as a university is closed. So yeah, I but they, they did the, the Gargano You know thing what? Fair point. There. Fair point. Nevertheless, yeah, the idea was it's going to be live shows three times a week. 
There is no escape. Sorry, everybody who doesn't live in Florida. You get to be flown down. And and weirdly enough, uh, No Way Jose got flown down on Monday uh, to do a live show. Uh, uh, quite a few people. My understanding was a uh, 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 Brian Myers or a Kurt Hawkins, whatever term you want to call him by now. Uh, oh. He was asked to be there on Monday, and, and he wasn't there on Monday. But he was asked, um, and Raw you know, was running full speed ahead Monday morning, uh, with a, a live show. Uh, and not long before showtime, we find out, wait a minute, there's going to be no XFL. The XFL is going away. It wasn't just a suspension of season. Vince is filing for bankruptcy on this bad boy. That was Monday. <laughs> that was, it feels like Monday. It was two months ago. That was uh, Monday. Yeah, so, you know, there's rumors have started to swirl over the weekend because um, uh, teams had started refunding uh, down payments for the next season and tickets for future games and stuff like that. And people started to question, oh, this could be the end of the XFL. So, yes, uh, Vince McMahon files and or through his company Alpha Entertainment, uh, which is the most apropos name I think I've ever heard. Um <laughs> Files for uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which, you know, business-wise is a smart move because it uh, prevents them from having to pay all their debts. Um, so good on you business-wise, Vince, I guess, for that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the XFL, you know, probably had a chance to go another season or two um, had this virus pandemic not happened. Um, I am not sorry to Vince McMahon for that (laughs) for other compounded reasons for my thoughts on Vince McMahon. Um, but it was a, a a victim of this circumstance. Uh, the interesting part of the chapter 11 filing Mm -hmm. is that it, uh, divulged anybody who owned any kind of stake in the XFL. Uh, one of those entities was WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment proper. Hang on, Chris. My understanding was these were two completely separate companies and in no way, shape, or form would the running of one interfere with another. Well, that is what one Vincent Kennedy man would have liked you to to, uh, to think. And that's what he said multiple times uh, on multiple different uh, media and yeah, not really the case. They had huh. I don't I don't remember the percentage of the share, but aside from Vince's shares and and Alpha Entertainment, WWE proper, the company, the business, the the corporate entity was a partial owner of the XFL. Um, I'm not sure if and where conflict of interest uh, securities well, laws uh, hold in that I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a financial guy uh, it, it's funny you say that um, and I I am punching myself right now because uh, I do not have the link in our in our standard you. notes but there was a story that came out later in the week uh, talking to people internally at the XFL uh, all of which now have no skin in the game because they've all lost their jobs yeah um apparently there were people literally going back and forth from the alpha entertainment and XFL or excuse me, uh, alpha entertainment slash XFL offices and the WWE offices uh to work on things uh so there's a conflict of interest but also the thing that was confusing for so many people uh working for the XFL was um they were actually hitting their planned financial goals for season one. Yeah. Uh, yes, 
they were losing money. But the way it was laid out so often in the press was Vince McMahon is taking $300 million and he's going to stake it on the hopes of this working out. And to a degree, it was like, yes, were they losing money? Absolutely. But the, the, the number I saw was something like they spent $45 million and made $15 million in the period of time that they ran uh, for a company that was planning to make nothing. Yeah. That's not bad. You know, you're yeah. recouping a third of your costs. Yes, you would want to recoup your costs and more. No denying that. But remember, we're going into the first few years of this being a money-losing venture. Right. You know, long-term plans. And that's like, that was the business model. That was what was set up. And, you know, the, the ratings started out pretty good. They, yeah. they went down week to week mm-hmm. um, to the point where it was starting to raise a couple eyebrows towards uh, the end of when they were playing and the crowds at the reception to it was actually, actually positive. Yeah. I know. Uh, People... Overwhelmingly actually from, from what I saw on, on the social media as, as the games were happening. And that reminds me, Chris, people kept asking, <laughs> where is, my XFL update. Uh, oh, it's time to go already? We, we cut, <laughs> cut bait on this bitch already? Well, oh, well, people were asking where it was. It, it, <laughs> for some reason, never. I know it was in the live version that we taped, but it never made it to the was to it? the recordings and, and, and the YouTube huh. video. How about that? Uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that offline. No reason to produce the show while the show is going on. So that was still on Monday. And also on Monday, because people were going, how could WWE run all of these shows live? Well, the fine uh, folks in Florida <laughs> deemed WWE an essential service. That <sighs> means WWE was on par with grocery stores, medical EMS. facilities, <laughs> yeah. EMS, deliveries, postal service. Uh-huh. WWE uh-huh. right up there. There's so much to hate about this. Uh- <laughs> Um, and I don't even know where to start. Let's start with Governor Ron DeSantis, <laughs> who is a grade A fucking moron. Um, did you see the video going around uh, yesterday and today about him failing on putting on a face mask? Yes. And totally not getting it right, which is choice. So there's some inherent political ickiness involved in this thing. Um <clears throat> Governor DeSantis, uh, like I said, great A, class A moron, um, is one of the people who waited very long to uh, shut down, put down the stay-at-home orders for people during the pandemic because he wanted to make sure the beaches got their spring break um, business in. And then, oh, gee, imagine that. After everybody goes back to their uh, homes from Florida beaches for spring break, the virus spreads even more. And Florida is now a hot spot for COVID-19, blah, 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 blah. That's on him for being a greedy cunt. Um, <laughs> That's on him for being the mayor from Jaws, but in real life. Pretty much. So further ickiness uh, around this thing is I hate WWE is toting this line right now. And it makes me sick to my stomach to hear it in that the WWE is, quote, woven into the fabric of the culture zeitgeist media lives of americans uh whatever the fuck the actual wording is i believe it's it's, it's woven into the fabric of society is is the term that they're using that is the most bullshit fucking term i've ever heard in my goddamn life yeah and for me it was compounded 
especially as the week went on, by a statement when when there was an inquiry. Now, I will make it clear, the official statement from the state of Florida allowed professional sports as a whole to be open in Florida, which means, yes, Dana White's going to get to have his UFC fights if he wants to in Florida. Apparently, there are a few boxing promoters looking to run events, I shit you not, out of the Performance Center. Um, oh, leave it to Vince. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God um, damn if, it. If Major League Baseball wanted to kick back up with uh, spring training, they could. Uh, if NBA wanted to run games down there, they could. NHL, sure, go for it. Uh, but all of those leagues and their players are appropriately going, fuck that shit. But anyway, yeah. the statement that was used was... they have unions. Yes, exactly. And, and we'll get there, too. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> um, the statement was used was, WWE is a family. They'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this family, it also came out towards the beginning of this week. This family has someone heretofore unnamed, and it makes sense, HIPAA and whatnot, but someone in the WWE actually had coronavirus. And differing uh, report, was it a performer or was it not? I read, I read uh, uh, contrasting well, reports on that. What I had heard was, and uh, again, apologies for not having a, a direct source on this. It was an okay. on-screen performer, not wrestler. So okay, so that, that would lead would you to lead believe to... like a Charlie Caruso type person or exactly, uh, yeah. an announcer. Yeah, a Tom Phillips perhaps, because we know he likes to stick his penis in weird things. <laughs> Urge to face fuck intensifies. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, so someone on screen, but not... <laughs> physically performing as a professional wrestler was, okay. was the way I I've heard it described. Uh, but again, okay, cool. They're a family. They take care of themselves. What have you? Well, uh, the week rolls on and that takes us into Tuesday where um, Vince McMahon again in the headlines is he is named among a multitude of people, including Dana White, um, Tim Apple, quote unquote, and and others <laughs> as being <laughs> being part of the, the uh, of the economic revival group as uh, as well. being put to the task force to reopen America as being put together by Donald Trump. Now, fun Fuck the revival, bit. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this fun, revival, yes, fun little bit here. Uh, not something we get to talk about too often or say this sentence. According to the New York Times. Not often get to mention them as a source. According to the New York Times, multiple companies referenced, and I would not be shocked if this includes Vince and Dana, were surprised to be name dropped as members of this. Oh no, I'm not surprised. I'm I, I'm I guarantee Vince has been texting uh, 45 the whole fucking time. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that. So that takes us to Tuesday. We have apparently the future of America's economy being put in the hands of. A, a man who will not take care of his own family, who, one of whom who has coronavirus and is deemed essential and is doing live events in a period of time where no one should be near each other. Awesome. Was it? What? So that was Tuesday. That was so through what, Tuesday. When did the the Super PAC info come out? Oh, I believe that came out uh, sometime on Tuesday as well. Because so it, that, that was Tuesday. Yeah, so yeah. essentially, Linda McMahon, the wife of Vince McMahon, uh, who was on the cabinet for uh, the president. I'm not sure if she still is. Is she? 
Uh, I, I believe she left the Small Business Administration to run, run this, this super, super PAC. PAC. Right. So she is uh, responsible for raising money for re-election for whomever this super PAC chooses to uh, support. Uh, spoiler alert. We know who the fuck that is. Um, so it was – ouch. Fuck, that was my knee. It was really – it came out that this super PAC run by uh, Linda McMahon uh, had pledged – I think $18.5 million to spend in Florida. Hmm, what else happened in Florida? Uh, and, and and Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, so apparently this had uh, come – this had been finalized on Thursday? Yeah. Uh, the week prior but wasn't released to the public, to the media until early last week after things had been in motion all weekend. And, yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm stuff sure like there that. is absolutely no connection connection between Vince McMahon's wife giving the state of Florida eighteen and a half million dollars in the state of Florida allowing Vince McMahon's company to resume business. I'm sure there's no connection whatsoever. It's just put on know, my tinfoil hat here. It's, uh, just, it's just a husband and wife duo that happens to be involved in the whole scenario. Yeah. Yeah. So Wednesday morning. Uh -huh. WWE, who, by the way, according to uh, previous statements to uh, their their stockholders, had a massive cash reserve. They would be able to weather the 500 storm. 500 mil? Uh, that's, that's what was said. Um, anyway, this press release went out. Due to COVID-19 and a current government-mandated impacts on WWE and the media business generally, the WWE went through an extensive evaluation of its operations over the past several weeks. This analysis resulted in the implementation of various short-term cost reductions and cash flow improvement actions, including reducing executive and board member compensation, decreasing operating expenses, cutting talent expenses, third-party staffing and consulting, and deferring the spend on the build-out of WWE's new headquarters for at least six months. That, hmm. that doesn't sound good. Well, I thought they were a family. Well, good news. <laughs> Vince reached out to said family and did a conference call at noon that day. And again, thank you, dear Internet. This goes to Fightful.com for the transcription. Here's what Vinnie Mac had to say to his entire business. Thank you all for joining me today. First and foremost, I hope that you and your families are safe. What we're going through today is unprecedented. and There's no doubt that these are challenging times for everyone. Given the adverse effects of the coronavirus and the resulting financial recession, WWE, like so many companies, have to decrease operating expenses. Effective immediately, we are reducing executive and board member compensation, decreasing talent expenses, cutting third-party staffing and consulting, and improving our cash flow by de delaying the production of our new headquarters for at least six months. Okay, same thing in the press release. Mm -hmm. Uh-oh, here comes some more. Despite... All of these measures, given the uncertainty we are facing today, unfortunately, we have to temporarily reduce headcount. As such, a number of WWE employees will be furloughed from the company today. At the close of my remarks, employees will receive a communication detailing their individual situations. More specifically, those impacted by the furloughs will receive a text message from Human Resources with specific information for their next steps. These are not easy decisions, but reflect the reality of the environment we're working in today. We live in world... Whatever. Fucking text message! 
A text message. A text message. You got fired via text message. A text message. You don't even get to JTG. Well, damn, why did I pick up my phone? Your yeah. phone's going to have the answer there anyway? Yeah. Text message. Yeah. They're yeah. a family <laughs> that doesn't even bother to do a fucking Zoom call. Well, I mean, you know, granted, if, if it was full corporate WWE on that call, that's a little impossible. Uh, so a conference call makes sense. But in order to fire somebody or furlough somebody, uh, yeah, I would want, uh, you know, just just dial dial a number. He's yeah. already in the, somebody's phone. I, I want to know whose phone these messages came from. Did they come from Carano? Did they come from Canyon Seaman? Did they come from Shane McMahon or or or, or Steph? Or did it come from Joe Schmo in accounting? I, who the fuck? Who the fuck knows? So that was around noon, and then I think it was after two p.m. ish, two two thirty ish, is when um, the first article was posted on WWE.com listing um, EC3 and Drake Maverick, and uh, I forget who else was in the first batch, but um, yeah. A number, a number of, I think it was like five or six at first, and then every every half hour or so, two or three more were added to the article. Yeah, and here is in aggregate the list of people. Now, granted, there may be additional furloughs we may not know about. I'm also going to skip some names of like NXT talent who were uh, not furloughed. Sorry, uh, the the cuts. Uh, I may mention some NXT talent. Uh, that was mentioned. That was cut. That you may know of. I will not mention the folks who had never made TV because right. really they're just two random words put together. But anyway, the list includes Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, EC3, Leo Rush, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, who also got squashed Monday on Raw, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> referee Mike Chioda after 31 yeah. years in the company. That was massive. Uh, Eric Rowan, Primo, Epico, Mike Kanellis, Maria Kanellis, Zach Ryder, No Way Jose, Rusev, uh, Ace Steel, who was a coach there, Serena Deeb, Kendo Kashin, also a coach there, uh, Diana Perrazzo. Tino Sabatelli, Tanera Conti, and Cassius Ono. Yeah. Oh, and I'm sorry. I just realized I forgot the producers as well. Oh, yeah, I was just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I don't know that I have the full list of producers here, but uh, I know Landstorm, yes. Hurricane Helms. Yes. Um, those were the the the, the two big ins that popped out. Oh, in my uh, head. Uh, Dave Fit Finley. Oh yeah, Fit Finley too. Uh, yeah. Who had been there for ages? Sarah Stock, who had worked with the women. Um, I, I Not mean, to be confused with Sarah Amato, though. Yes, she's she's still there. Yes. Uh, really, and apparently the producers are being furloughed with the possibility of being brought back on. Um, I feel so well. I feel bad for everybody, uh, but I feel so bad for Lance Storm. Because that guy like shut down his wrestling school to take this, you know, take this job because it had security and he could lend his uh, great knowledge of pro wrestling uh, to help the next generation. Uh, A couple months into the job, this shit happens and he gets canned. And uh, man, sorry, buddy. Sorry. That's terrible. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's really just a gut punch. Some of those folks, you know, they, they were talents that uh, wanted out. And you know, <clears throat> part of me is like, OK, I, I understand why 
those cuts were made. But in, in that same regard, it's just like such a, a a shock to the system to see that many people get cut at the same time. And I recognize. OK, so the, the five hundred million dollar number may not be real. The uh, nine million in cash reserves may not be real. I, I like I I don't know enough about what is you know cash on hand versus liquidity and and all of these different things. I, I'm not going to get into that because I am not wizened enough in the way that stocks work, business work, that sort of thing. What I am going to say is, I look at that list, and that is a group of twenty individuals, many of whom are probably even the ones who I'm not even a fan of personally, probably some of the more passionate folks in professional wrestling. And this isn't a scenario where I can sit here and go, Oh, you know who would be great in AEW? You know, who'd be great right. in new Japan pro wrestling. Oh, that'd be such a great get for impact or ring of honor. I have no idea what any of these people are going to do. There is nowhere they can go. It's not like I'm going to go see uh Heath Slater pop up at MCW at, in, in Joppa in a few weeks. Right. They have nowhere to go. They can't do anything. Yeah, literally the worst possible time for somebody in the entertainment business to lose their job. Yeah. And when you look at the the rest of the world of professional wrestling, you look at the aforementioned AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I recognize that this next sentence could change at any given time, but those companies are smaller and they are definitely not looking to make a profit this year. And they've cut no one. Absolutely no one has been cut. Hell, people who were were booked for future shows for Ring of Honor got paid for them. Yeah, which coming from Sinclair is is, is a shock. Yeah. Uh, but but a good shock. You know, that's, that's something good to hear that, you know, any, another evil corporation uh, can take care of their people uh, where this company, who's still going to make a profit this year and still would have made a sig- yes, this year. significant profit had they not released these people. And it just it's just so shitty. It's it's it, it infuriates me. That, um, you know, Vince well, McMahon uh, makes these decisions and ruin well, not ruins, but uh, significantly alters and puts in the hardship some of these people. Li- like Maria Canellis is still on maternity leave. Well, she just had a baby a couple months ago. Uh, Brian Myers or Kurt Hawkins, whatever name you want to call him now. I guess it's Brian Myers full time now. Yeah. Uh, his wife is pregnant right now. She wrote a blog about it. And uh, he's got kids, man. Yeah, he needs that job. Uh, the the thing which really twists the knife is again if you look across the week and you, you look across everything, uh, it was either Thursday or Friday they announced that stockholders were going to be paid dividends, and the biggest stockholder is McMahon. And here's all tip of the hat to one Dave Meltzer, uh, the dividend that he was paid that Vince was paid would pay for the talent that was cut for two years and two months. Jesus Christ. 26 months of these guys still having a job. 26 months of these people being able to navigate one of the most unsure periods in American yeah. history. Like so weather the weather the storm. And I know everyone is making cuts. 
I know every company is. I, I or, or or they're some are trying to avoid it as much as possible, but smaller companies definitely are. But when you look at the same companies in that field that aren't, and you look at the companies that they claim to be like your your NBAs, your your NHLs, your NFLs, you aren't hearing about players getting cut. You aren't hearing about teams losing guys. Mm-mm. They're keeping those folks on. Yeah, there's there's some additional shit that's going on with arena workers and all that. But let's let's just focus on the key to what makes this work. The talent is being abandoned. And of course, in the midst of all this and fans just being heartbroken, because I don't think there's any other better way to describe the feeling about this. Like I said, there, there are guys in that group who I love and I'd love to see get exposure elsewhere there are guys in that group who i don't really care for but i'd love for them to be able to get exposure elsewhere who opens their fucking mouth but dedicated twitter dipshit seth rollins (laughs) okay his heart was in the right place was it i think so i I legitimately think so I, i think his heart was but he's so fucking stupid um, that he uh, doesn't know how to go about these things um, tactfully uh, without sounding like a bootlicking asshole um, and without, you know, the guy he's probably – let me see. I would venture a guess that Seth Rollins is probably the highest paid currently active full-time wrestler in wwe either him or roman well he's not wrestling right now so roman's disqualified so that's that's why i'm putting seth up there yeah he's got to be in the upper lexicon of 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 guys there top three if not number one i can't think of anybody who's wrestling full-time right now um who's who who would be earning more than seth rollins maybe bray because of all of the 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 merch merch. Uh, maybe but that's, maybe, but that's that, merch. That's yeah. not like base pay. I'm talking yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, wh- whatever the deal is. I, I, so, I, I get what you're saying. So I, I, like I said, I think his heart was in the right place, but above the neck doesn't function uh, like a normal human being. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. what, what came out was just, it was cringe and, um, just not well timed or well thought out or well delivered. Yeah, and then, so, so I, I have, I have the transcript. You have the there. transcript. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know what, Seth, he started right. It's a difficult day for all of us. My heart is broken for the guys and girls who I'm close with, uh, that had the worst today. Uh, well, I think it's kind of fucked up that his heart's not broken for the people he isn't close with, but I digress. <laughs> that goes for talent that you love on screen, but also everyone backstage who may not get the social media fanfare that some of the talent are getting or is getting. Okay, cool. I'm with you, Seth. And and I bet it sucks. I, I've been at companies. I remember 2008 very well. Um, I started a new job in August 2008. And mm. in September 2008, they literally cut the middle of the company out. Wow. They left upper management. They left lower level folks like me because I just started there. Uh, and they gutted the entire middle of the company. And it sucked. Like, I was fine. I was able to pay my bills, all these wonderful things. But it hurt. Like, it, it, was, it was sad to see. So, you know what, Seth? I'm with you there. And then he goes, one thing that I'm seeing that is a little upsetting is all the negativity and hostility towards WWE. But the negativity (laughs) and hostility 
is not with you, the worker. The negativity and the hostility, as it has always been, is with the management. And then the part that is just like, Seth, you are so close to catching that point, but it just zoomed by you. He goes, this is a difficult day for everyone, for all of us. If ever there was a moment for us to unify and band together to keep this business alive, this is that moment. Fucking yes, Seth, it's called a union. (laughs) This is where you need your players league. This is where you need your bargaining agreement as a collective. This is where you, the guys who are considered essential and important, and for some reason are still considered independent contractors, yet Uh you can be hired and fired. This is where you need to band together and say, we're tired of the shit. We're tired of seeing our guys get cut. If you want to do live shows, if you want to be on the air every week, if you want to deliver to this contract, if you still want to get those millions of dollars of dividends that could have paid for our brothers and sisters, this would have been a great fucking time to stand up and say i'm not taking that shit anymore and i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh you know full-on socialism or anything like that although i wouldn't be shocked if we get some comments about it but the nhl has it the nba has it the major league baseball has it every single major sports organization if if wwe wants to be considered in that same echelon you should deal with all of it and that includes collective bargaining agreements they only wouldn't be considered in that echelon when it benefits them that's that's the wwe mantra you know the rewriting of their own history they're in control of their image and they mold it moment to moment to what is more beneficial towards them um which business wise makes sense okay but there's a a extreme an extreme lack of moral integrity over everything in the past week revolving uh, and involving Vince McMahon. Um, And, you know, I just think he's just an evil, greedy son of a bitch. And I uh, am not sure that I want to follow his product anymore, partially because of this, partially because of creative. Um, and I am, as of today, officially unsubscribing from the WWE Network. There you go. And I think I'm going to join you in that, that, that same thing. And, and look, I'm not going to act like this is some grand big moment. Oh, they're going to miss our $20, you know, or our $240 a year or whatever. But you got to take any stand you can. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and these are the stands I can take. This is also why I'm doing things, uh, you know, as silly as it may seem. Uh, I'm I'm glad I, I made some uh, AEW purchases right before the pandemic mm-hmm. became a big thing. Uh, I, like the, the T-shirt I'm wearing right now is from a website that I enjoy and love. Uh, again, found a way to give them money because I have no doubt that their ad dollars are getting hit. Like, I'm just trying to do little things every week that I can to, I don't know. Support, support a local business yeah, or support, support somebody who's not in that top tier who exactly. doesn't necessarily need it. Exactly. I'm trying I'm trying to to help where I can how I can. Yeah. And I feel like with those small purchases, I'm helping a little bit. And I feel like with these small purchases of the WWE network every month, I'm hurting a little bit. And yeah, it's... I, I I can't feel comfortable seeing that on my credit card statement every month right now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. There's nothing. I don't. 
I don't I don't think Vince McMahon is a redeemable person in my uh, opinion. And I know I'm just a fat guy with a neck beard breathing into an internet purchase microphone right now, and people are probably laughing laughing and turning the podcast off or whatever. Fuck Vince McMahon, man. I just I this yeah. he's a piece of shit, and I don't want to support uh, his company. And that it, it pisses it pisses me off because. I really like a lot of people that he employs. Yeah. Um, and there are glimmers of, you know, of really entertaining things and, and good matches and, and possibilities um, there. But yeah, like I there's just... there's a part of me that, hey, I, I will give credit where credit is due. The idea for Money in the Bank this year sounds like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of. And if any other company were putting it on. I would feel like I want to see where that goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If that was Tony Khan's idea, I'd, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> yeah. all about. It. And, and and I know that people, oh, if AEW did it, you'd love it. Yes, because Vin, because Vince McMahon is not a part of AEW. Vince McMahon is a cancer. Uh, he it, sure he created the pro wrestling business as we know it today. I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due. Oh yeah, Rocket but wrestling he's also eighty five. Uh, you know, put all this on the map. Yeah, but he's also. The reason why it is where it is today yeah. uh, in, in a negative connotation yeah. uh, and the positive, you know, you can take, take that either way. So he's, you know, he's, he's this, you know, just, I don't know. He's this evil entity. And I just, I, I, I just am directing all my hate towards him. And I know there are other board members who probably had a say in this, um, you know, Linda's, you know, fucking, uh, librarian goes from the beginning. Ghostbusters face probably had something to do with this as well. Uh, Steph and her big fake titties and, and Shane with his bloated jerseys. I don't fucking know. Fuck you, Vince McMahon. I'm out. Yeah, I I, uh, I understand. And you know what? The, the thing that that makes it all the more ridiculous is by the end of the week this week to look at the WWE week in aggregate. One, lowest raw rating in a, in ever i think oh, yeah. you know less than 2 million people watching so i hope that was worth it endangering the health of all your performers and yeah. and all that hope that was worth it uh <sighs> smackdown yeah smackdown on friday lowest rating that it's had on fox full stop again uh-huh. hope that was worth it and then the essential business that needed to run live 3 times a week announced that they will be moving to a taped schedule <laughs> on friday yeah so what was this all for? What was the, what, what was, what was the, like, what was the point of, of any of it? I, I, I almost, I, and this isn't the first time in recent memory where I, I, I felt like this. Uh, I, I felt like, Chris, have you seen the Coen Brothers movie Burn After Reading? Um, I remember watching it and not loving it. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I, it's it's not one of my favorites, but there's a character I yeah. absolutely love, which is the, Brad Pitt's character. Uh, well, sorry, two characters then, <laughs> uh, because I love, um, I love J.K. Simmons in that movie. He's he's a, a director of the CIA, and J.K. Simmons in any movie. Is well, J.K. Simmons is is great, and uh, one of the things uh, that he says at the end of the movie, because the idea is the movie was explained to him as it happened in the CIA. And uh, he says something along the lines of, so what did we learn? Nothing. Uh, That was stupid. And just not to do it ever again. 
That's where that's where I feel about all this. That we went through all of this. Eighteen point five million dollars. Forty people uh, losing at least forty people losing their livelihood. Um, companies being deemed essential and called family. Uh, all to just land in the same space we were before, with no one all the better for it. Yeah, especially not the forty people or so you you let go. Um, and then you know, yesterday you sent me this link. <laughs> Of, and I, I, I don't know how true this is because yeah. it's internet and it's Twitter stuff. So there was a, a sketch or a couple sketches of proposed new gear for the repackaging of the revival. Yeah. Uh, that was apparently the straw that broke the camel's back in them. hundred percent not resigning for a shit ton of money and going off to do their own thing and popping up, uh, popping back up with the most NXTest of NXT names, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's whatever. Da- Dax Harwood, Dax or Harwood, and Cash, Cash Wheeler, Cash Wheeler. Ugh. Yeah, they're pretty terrible names, but they're doing uh Forever the Revolt or something like that. Yeah, what is they, it? They 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 registered Forever the Revolt, or so they're keeping the FTR fear, going. Fear the Revolt. Fear, fear the Revolt. Yeah. There you go. Um, but these mock-ups for gear were ridiculous to the point where they looked incredibly photoshopped they looked like like, well it was a photoshop they looked like uh euro trash leprechauns they really there was like lipstick involved and big chains and why did they have lipstick i don't know i don't know uh you know and i was immediately saw them like there's no way there's they're real and then you forwarded me the tweet from dax harwood saying he pleads the fifth yeah, well, uh, it wasn't was just like, that. There, there's a, a guy who's an ex WWE writer who had tweeted in the past Photoshop mockups that had been presented to talent for their, their oh, yeah. costumes. You had the original look for Neville as a oh. superhero, where literally he works. He looks like he's going to be working in um, uh, an outfit that is akin to the '90s bad girls movement in superhero comics, where it's like yeah. this weird one piece. That's like just barely covering his nipples. Yeah, uh, it's like Jim Lee drew that. I was like, <laughs> yeah, and, and then the other one I didn't send you that uh, got got recirculated around last night was I shit you not, Braun Showman, which was going to be Braun no. as a Vegas esque magician. I am oh. I am not joking. And before you go, oh, it's Ooh. the internet making things up. Let us not forget Chili McFreeze, the proposed name for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And let us not forget uh, the classic story uh, as told in the OG version of The Rough House of breaking down how in the film um, See No Evil, Vince McMahon had pitched uh, the villain played by Kane to have, a, I think, a six foot dick. Yeah, was the, so, something uh, ridiculous like something that. something ridiculous like that. This is this is the mind that yeah. people are are going to bat for, and uh, as it stands, I am uh, I, we uh, I guess are are showing our solidarity um, and no longer giving that man uh, any any money. Um, do we stop talking about WWE uh, on the podcast? Depends on what uh, you know. Newsworthy I would, stuff happens. I would love to hear your thoughts, OG538. Legit. Throw it in the comments. A, it tells us that you're listening. But B, I want to hear if you are cool with us going full AEW New Japan. Yeah, this might be some shorter episodes coming up. Yeah. But uh, we, we'd we be willing to do it. Um, But I, I, yeah, go ahead. 
No, and that's and that's the other thing, because I'm sure the people on Facebook and Twitter are going to say, uh, well, you know, AEW is still running shows, too, and putting their people into. Yeah. I mean, they taped through the end of May. Yeah. But granted, yeah. Would I have rather them not done those shows? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but they're done and they're putting the product out there and you know they're they're not in the position that WWE is where uh well, granted they just signed a re up their TV deal but they don't have the cash reserves they don't have the um you know uh, income projections to be record setting for the year uh granted Tony Khan is worth more than Vince McMahon which or not Shad Khan is not Tony yeah, Khan. yeah yeah um but still. it's it, the potential's there for them to weather the storm we don't know yeah, but like I said, would I rather there not be any live pro wrestling right now? Yes, I would. Yeah. Uh, th- and th- that's just how I feel because I don't, I don't think it's – the juice isn't worth the squeeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and these empty arena shows just are not clicking. Uh, and as we transition into AEW Dynamite this past week, that was never more evident than in the main event. Um, it yeah. was taped uh, about a month ago or something like that. At least a couple of weeks ago, it was uh, John Moxley defending the AEW Heavyweight Championship against Jake Hager in an empty arena match. And this was filmed uh, back when they were still taping at Daly's Place in Jacksonville. Um, so we're and, looking at least four weeks ago, three or four yeah. weeks ago. And this was the worst main event in AEW history. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Uh it was not good. And and if anything it was and we really didn't get too much into this last week. Um actually no we did now now I think about it. It it, it was akin to Edge Norton for Mania yeah. where it was a pre-taped match that ran long. It ran ugly. It was not very enjoyable. I don't know why someone didn't hack time off of it. Uh, apparently Tony wanted to leave the art in, uh, in, in, in its full form. Um, there was nothing about this match that I liked. Um, and that's, that's tough. Uh, I, I can say I for me, there were a few moments, uh, like few shiny moments, uh, uh, that I enjoyed. Basically, you got to see little hints of what John Moxley will do if and when he ever gets to have his blood sport match against yeah. Josh Barnett, uh, because Mox was getting a little shooty in there. Um, yeah. but that's, that's the extent of it. You had Jim Ross on commentary uh-huh. solo, which was not a good move. I know I've been a far more of a JR apologist of the show than, than you've been, my friend. Uh, but man, did it underline to me how much Tony and Excalibur are carrying that booth right now. Um, yeah, or Tony and uh, Chris at this moment, because yeah. uh, Jericho, because that's what they've done the past couple of weeks. And that was the other thing. It was totally separate from the rest of the show uh, in presentation, in mm-hmm. complete presentation, because it was yeah. in a different venue. If you you know were paying any attention, you could see that. Yeah. And then you had the the fun, jovial back and forth of uh, of Jericho and Shivani against this morose, slow, just drawn out, terrible commentary by Jr. Talking about how Perry, Oklahoma is the uh, Williamsport for pro wrestling 15 times and, you know, just shit like, dude, just stop. I, yeah. he, he was Jr. probably the greatest of all time was not is was right. And I, I've said it before. There's there's enough 
places within AEW for him to lend his expertise that's not on mic and on camera. I just I can't I can't. I, I can't. mean, even for me, and, and I feel like it was one of the rumors, the idea that Jim Ross would be used for main events. The Jim Ross would be used to get over key angles. The Jim Ross would be used sparingly. Yeah. Would have been fine with that. And, and and like I said, I've actually enjoyed the, the three-man booth. But Jim Ross on his own in 2020 is not good. No. And, no. and Jake Hager in a main event match <laughs> for 30-plus minutes yeah. is not good. No. No. There's no reason why that match should have been 30 minutes. Especially if they were going to try to go all shooty anyway. A standard right. UFC fight lasts, what, eight minutes, if that? And some of them are over in fucking 15 seconds. Exactly. So, like, there's you no, know, there's I, no reason for this to have lasted as long as it did. I will say again to sort of uh, try to spin a positive out of this because I don't want to just dog on the, the main event as bad as it was. I thought the way that they hyped it through the show with all the hype videos and everything incredibly effective. I, I, I thought the promos that they had done leading up to it in the past yeah. few weeks have been good, but I loved the promos of, you know, just random personalities, whether it's, you know, guys in Bellator or fucking Ron Funches just pop it in yeah. and, and talking about the match and putting it over. It made it feel like it was a must see. Unfortunately, that must see was a big bust and uh you know i i I hope that they learn the right lessons from this not only a uh jake hager should be used sparingly if not you know just shunned to an island uh but b the execution of the hype was good it's just delivery was the problem yeah and you know Again, I put the I put the blame personally solely on uh, Jake Hager and Jim Ross uh, for that that slog of the last hour of the show. Uh, the first hour of the show, I thought was pretty damn good. Uh, the Colt Cabana Lance Archer match was was fucking really good. Um, yeah, both I, guys came I, out great from that. Yeah, I forgot how fun of a worker Colt Cabana could be when he's not just kind of doing his comedy shtick. Yeah, like he could go. I, I, yeah. I can't remember the last time I saw him go. Probably like Ring of Honor in the mid 2000s. <laughs> and hey, credit to him. You know, if if you learn that you can make a lot more money and entertain crowds by taking no bumps, oh, do yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was incredibly effective and uh, really actually put both guys over as much as it was a strong yeah. showing for Archer appropriate because he's going to be like the big looming monster in this tournament. Uh, I thought Cabana still looked very good in defeat. Yeah, that was that was a really fun match. The the commentary team of uh, of Skivone and uh, Le Champion was yeah. uh, was really fun. Um, we had. Just an absurd uh, new bit from uh, the inner circle called the Bubbly Bunch, mm-hmm. which I fucking adored in, in its ridiculousness. Yeah. None of none of it made sense. No, in in any way, and that's what the, they just went full on crazy pants on it, and it was hysterical. I I, I was all in, like they were talking on their phones, yes. but there was another camera there shooting them. Yes, there was a weird close up on. Uh, Ortiz's like stuffed animals. I don't yeah. remember if it was yeah, Santana. Yeah. Ortiz. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, there was, you know, Sammy Guevara doing, you know, terrible Spanish punching a bag. There was, you know, Chris Jericho horribly flipping an egg in a sparkly jacket, you know, spilling his orange juice and yelling at his assistant for toilet paper. It was just, it was, that's, that's the kind of stuff that that's filling that uh, hole, so to yeah, speak yeah. right now. And, uh, you know, as, as, uh, the, 
I guess, preeminent, uh, proud and powerful mark. I was just happy to see Santana and Ortiz back on my TV. I know, I know. And if they keep doing things like this, you know, to keep those guys on, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can be done remotely. Just look at what the Bucks are doing on BTE and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. You know, everybody who's who's stuck in California right now. Um, BTE, by the way, this week, they they did a three-parter for their episode 199 as as 200 is going to be – a match between Nick and Matt Jackson. I, I, I forget the way they describe the stipulation. It's like an anywhere falls match or something goofy. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, th- all three episodes this week were actually really fun. I, I Did you get to catch any of them, Chris? I haven't now. Um, basically, they rented PWG's ring and set it up in a tennis court. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's literally just the California guys basically doing backyard wrestling. <laughs> It is it is ridiculous. It's silly. Uh, there's at least one visible shot of Brandon Cutler working the camera while drinking a Capri Sun. Um, you know, it's just it, it, it it's really endearing more than anything else. And yeah. like you said, it's precisely the type of stuff that, that these shows should be. If they're going to produce something, do it in a safe ish way and yeah. don't, you know, don't do it in the the. Stand- oh, even Excalibur was doing commentary post-production, nice. <laughs> recording on a microphone at home. Um, so it's just it, it, it's the type of thing that I'd be totally OK with these shows being in the intermediary. And speaking of just some of the weird, fun stuff, God damn it, Britt Baker has become one of the most enjoyable characters on television right now. Who, who would have thought? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take back so much. Uh, so many of well, the bad things I've said about Britt Baker. But, but at the time, they were accurate. She's yeah. just done a really good job at improving herself. Um, so, you know, the credit goes to her and whomever's been working with her behind the scenes. Um, and I think Jericho putting her over on, on commentary helped her out a little bit more, mm-hmm. especially with uh, Britt and Tony's uh, relationship, which is still this weird sort of sub-bubble of everything that's happening in AEW. Um, but it, it's, you know, it's entertaining and her little you know whiteboard bit before doing mouth stuff to a patient is just just ridiculous i like it and then the the match was you know a squash but it was still entertaining and got the character over so yeah well executed yeah a very very enjoyable very fun um and uh, you know i'm looking forward to next week we're getting the last uh we're last uh, quarterfinal match of the tnt tournament this week uh with well there's two Oh, we're, we're sorry. We're oh yeah, that's right. We're getting Dustin and Kip. Yeah, Dustin and Kip. Where Dustin has upped the ante, uh, and he's saying he will retire if he loses. Uh, and then we're getting Gravara and um, uh, Darby. Darby, which should be super fun as it was yeah. at Revolution. So it should be another fun week for AEW. Um, even if again I watch these shows like you, going eh, maybe they shouldn't have filmed this. Uh, yeah. And and apparently we are going to be getting. A version of Double or Nothing in May. Yeah, uh, I don't know about this. Um, I think it's probably not a great idea, to be yeah, honest with you, yeah. to, to, to go forward with this show. Um, you know, I know they have contracts with pay-per-view providers and stuff like that, but there has to be some kind of escape clause line in the, you know, uh, uh, in the realm of a pandemic that's not allowing people to, to attend shows. And my main thing is, you know, AEW, these are pay-per-views. These are yeah. 50 bucks, $50 pay-per-views. Um, and it's not 
uh, we're not at a point yet where we can go over uh, friends' houses and get together and congregate and watch pay-per-views together. Yeah. So I am personally not dropping 50 bucks in my house, and you are not personally dropping 50 bucks at your house, yeah. and the rest of the like lads aren't dropping 50 bucks at their own houses to get yeah, this pay-per-view. And it's not like I could have you over. To, right. Uh, even, exactly. Even on an individual basis, I can't even just be like, ah, "I know." Chris, come to my house. Like, no. yeah. I was like yesterday. I'm like, man, I would like to, you know, invite Marty and 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 the missus, you know, to get some lunch. I'm like, oh, I can't fucking do that. So. Yeah, yeah. Like these are these are things that that just aren't possible. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And also the idea of an empty arena pay per view, even yeah. as fun as the empty arena AEW shows have been, um, it, it's definitely sort of a. Hey, we know you dropped your ice cream, but here have this cookie we found. Like it's not as it's not as yeah. good as, as as intended. Um, before we wrap up this week, I just want to take a quick moment. I, I I don't mean to end the show on a downer, but I I think it's worth mentioning this. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, this th- this past Thursday, uh, the legendary ring announcer Howard Finkel, aka the Fink, passed away, age sixty nine. Um, he's had a lot of, I, I don't know specifically what was going on, but based yeah. off of uh, behind the scenes photos in recent years, um, he was definitely dealing with some uh, some physical issues. Uh, and I assume that's what um, resulted in his untimely passing. Um, I think it goes without saying uh, that there is no better prototype for a ring announcer not just pro wrestling. Like, I mean, even we've had the conversation for super art fight shows, uh, when, uh, cause we s- recently switched referees mm-hmm. with, if, and when there's a new champion, you want to pause and then yeah. say, and new, yeah. you know, that like, that is, that is the, the, the level of, um, uh, of being a prototype that this guy was that, that yeah. I think was that, even me with my little regional live art pro wrestling hybrid show, we look to what he did to, to be the way to do it right. And, um, you know, I can't imagine uh, a WWE moment without his voice. Yes, there have been some since, but none of them ring as true as, as hearing Howard Finkel announce, the winner of the match. Yeah. There's just his tone of voice, uh, his inflection, the power of the pipes. Like he, you know, nobody will ever be able to duplicate or, or reach that level again. I mean, he, like you said, was the prototype, you know, the buffers have stolen from, um, the fink, you know, anybody admittedly. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anybody who, who does that, you know, has used what the fink did and um yeah it's uh it's it sucks uh very much so um you know his impact will forever be um you know be out there his it's it was a legendary career and um yeah it's just uh it's just it's just a shame with on top of everything else in, in the shitstorm week that was to have yeah. that tacked one at the end was just another, just another kick to the dick. Yeah. Well, uh, a little bit of a, a pro tip for me to you. Uh, the last time that Howard Finkel was seen 
and a prominent role on WWE programming was back at Survivor Series 2011, where he was mm-hmm. brought in as the personal ring announcer for CM yep. Punk. Um, yep. If you watch the show as it was presented, um, it's kind of unfortunate because uh, Michael Cole, uh, I believe that was prime heel Cole era, but Michael uh-huh. Cole and Jim Ross, they're not Jim Ross, uh, Jerry Lawler make Booker fun. Booker T was there too, I think. I, I think you're right, but they make fun of Howard Fink. Yeah, Howard Fink yeah. will make fun of the Fink uh, during that segment. Um, if you go to YouTube, there is a fan cam of the yeah. moment and the eruption from the New York crowd when they realize he's coming out and he's doing the announcing is one of the most genuine moments of joy you'll ever see on a person's face when it hits Howard Finkel, that he realizes that people still know who he is and care about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that's, that's a great way to look back on the man. And uh, I highly recommend you look that up. And uh, as always um, from both of us, you know, keep taking care of yourselves. It's a rough world out there, especially right now. And I'm sorry if this hour of podcasting was not as bright and cheerful and enjoyable as usual. Um, we had some venting to do. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate you letting us do it. And more than anything, we appreciate you keep staying safe out there, take care of each other and we'll be back next week, but we'll see what we're covering. <laughs> yeah. And head over to the Patreon. Cause we've got a movie trivia show coming up soon. Yeah. Or it'll be up by the time you hear this. Anyway. Listen to that. We love you guys. Catch you later. Bye. Give us your money. The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 one n lowercase w capital g lowercase k capital p m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the rough, house, rough pod. house uh podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. New from the Rough House podcast, it's the Rough House Music Volume 1. Justin Piss Poorly Sings the Classics. That's the same deranged rod of bread, something bumping, something bread from Rochambeau's. Plus other popular themes such as... Voices in my brain, I have some thoughts, they talk to me, I say some shit... Bob Randy on ha! And who could forget? You think you know who I am? Pow! Pow to say it is cloudy out and they think there might be rain. I know Christian, we're a tag team, and I think that we were vampires. That's a thing. You'll also get You know that I'm from America It is just south of Canada It is just north of Mexico Red, white, and blue We prefer white That's right, Justin Piss Poorly sings the classics Including Horns, hip-hop 
My time is happening. My time is not right now. My time is happening. Hey, I'm a fucking Marine. Here's a goddamn salute. Oh, here's a shitty top kick. I'm Cena. And the legendary. You think I'm cute. You know I'm sexy. I used to be partnered up with Marty Gennetti, kicked him in the face, and he was out of work. And I still had a job, and he fell on hard times. I'm just successful boy, successful boy. I'm so successful boy, successful boy. My best friend's Triple H. It's Triple H. I'm just successful boy. I wear camo. Plus, soon-to-be classics like. It's a big man. He's got some lie, yo. This giant, he was thrown off a building in WCW, but he was okay. And then he came over and had long hair and tried his own catchphrase. Said, that's the final word, but it didn't catch on. So he only did it once. And I hear the show, I hear the show. Got my hair dyed and I, I had sex with Vicky and AJ. Both cool. I'm Ziggler. Here, show the world. Here, hey, look, world. It's the Rough House Music Volume 1. Justin Piss Poorly Sings the Classics. Available this Christmas at Sam Goody, Music Town, Empire Records, and The Wall. Pre-order now and receive Kristoff's Cat for no added fee. The Rough House Music. Destroying your childhood worse than Vince McMahon on a cocaine bender ever could.